Welcome to episode 879 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 879 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, Bevan. How about yourself? Well, I'm not. I'm dark, it's cold, it's wet. I can't imagine you're in a similar conditions. No, I've just come out from dinner and it was hot and sweaty and we were sitting by the Danube drinking and eating, so I can't complain. It sounds like a hard life for some, hey? It's a hard life for some. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Some of our patrons and some of these people are on the camp. We've got Adam Flipper Philby. And we've got Mr. Sausage Ollie Jenner. And finally, Kylie the Colonel Cox. Or the hot chick. Okay, this week's show, it's obviously going to be a little bit different because John's over and wrote. So we're going to do a quick news. Uh, you've got some interviews. We have. We're going to talk to a couple of athletes on the camp. We've got Kwok Yung Tae, who's an athlete from Malaysia over here. Uh, we've got Chris Apple, who's been on a couple of Kona camps before. You've met him, him Bevan. Yep. And uh, had to tag team in Emmy Nix and Sana Cody, uh, and they're both from the States. So just talking a, bit, a little bit about their experiences so far on the camp. We're currently only three days in, so but the athletes have kind of seen all the course. Uh, so just sort of getting their impressions and why the hell they've come all the way to Germany to do a race. Okay, well, I think we know why, because it's one of the greatest races in the world. But let's talk about the races that happened over the weekend. So we had Ironman Kens happen, and I tell you what, Braden Curry, like it was a pretty interesting race up to the run, but he smoked it on the run, didn't he? Well, as did Kylie Smith, so we don't want to take anything away from her. It was two extremely dominating Kylie Simpson's. Simpson. Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kylie Smith, that was Kylie Cox, the Colonel's uh, maiden name, I think. So that wasn't Kylie Smith. Kylie Smith. Um, Anyway, Braden Curry drilled it. 237.44 on the run after a 4.23 on the bike and a 45-minute swim. Uh, Had a quick look at course accuracy, and I saw an athlete I've been given a program. He was a couple of hundred metres short, so it was pretty close. Staggering time, 7.50.10 overall new course record and won by over 10 minutes and ran a 237 with no pressure on him really like he was well ahead of everyone else he won you know as you said by 10 minutes and it was pretty much done all in the run mike phillips had a bit of a lead off the bike but just blew them away in the run he did uh so Stephen mckenna was second tim van burkle third and of note 41 year old pete jacobs was in yeah. fourth place and you know we interviewed him maybe a year or so ago yep. and he was sort of talking about this and that and you know an 809 for a i think he's yeah 41 i think he is um it's pretty respectable he's not going to be winning kona or anything but you know he ran a 249 429 on the bike and a 45 minute swim so uh just cool to see him put in yeah. a, a respectable performance that he'd, he'd hopefully be fairly proud of. Um, yeah, on the female side, I, I, you know, I was predicting that Sarah Crowley was just going to crush them all. Looks like she had a bit of a detonation on the run, only mm. running a 3.36. Kylie Simpson has won a few races before, and she is an exceptional runner. But holy shit, balls, you know, 2.51 on the run is uh, – that is smoking it. You know, there's, there's yeah. not many faster run splits you'll see anywhere in the world. Pretty phenomenal. Red red. red. Carterfeld came in second in an 8.58 and then Penny Slater from Australia she came in a 9.05 um, good racing you know really good racing and, and it was pretty it was actually interesting racing 
in both races until we got to the, to yeah, the run. And then it was a bit of a yeah, bit of a Roman race. Okay, we also had Ironman Austria happen, and, and Thierry um, Bessure sent through, and he's actually sent through. I completed Austria on Sunday, and it was a tough day. It was about 30 degrees, so it was really hot. The rate, The race was great. The swim course was beautiful, so you finished the last K in a canal where the atmosphere is amazing as really unique swimming experience. The bike is a one-loop course where you go through countryside and amazing views of the mountains. The course is 1,500 metres of elevation, but I'd say the climbs are short but very steep, followed by long downhills since the fast times. The run course isn't the best with a two-lap out and back by the lake and along the canal. By then, the heat is really affecting a lot of people. I've never seen so many people walk, walk away so early. It was a death march, probably because uh, we only started to have warmer conditions in the last few weeks ago. We went from winter to summer with no in-between, so really poor heat climatization. Distances were pretty accurate. He's saying it's just under 3.8, 179. And Marathon was actually a little bit over based on his watch. The organization was perfect from check-in to the end. I know Ironman gets a lot of slick these days, but on the occasion, they were perfect. I know I noticed a lack of mojos on the bike course, probably due to what was happening in Hamburg. This meant people were drafting big time and worst of all, blocking. I'm not sure if people know what blocking really is. Super frustrating. Uh, and the good news is he actually qualified for the World Championships. Oh, nice work. Yeah, cool. yeah. So he said, uh, wait a second, I'll pull up his email because he just emailed me before. So he said, um, update, I qualified for the World Championships in Niche. Admittedly, the roll down was big, but they were even asking, does <laughs> anyone, yeah, well, he said they were even asking at the end, does anyone who finished want to go? So that's fascinating, isn't it? Even for the woman yeah. in Kona, so the, the, not all the slots were taken. It cost them 1400 dollars maybe euro. Uh, so it's quite expensive race when you can do the race in June for half the price. But he wants to have that world championship experience. So here I go to Nice. Cool. So yeah. the winner of the race uh, in the end was Matthias Pedersen. He did a, a 7.56, won by six minutes over Cameron Wirth. And George Enzeberger was in third in 8.08. Uh, the female side, Lottie Wilms, took that out in 8.56 for a six-minute victory over Gabrielle Oberman. And uh, Matthias Pedersen, who won the boys' race, uh, that's his first Ironman win. He had a third in South Africa earlier this year um, and a 20 20th at the PTO Open and European Open. So good on him for John, winning his first ever Ironistance. Do you know much about Lottie? Because Lottie's won, she won Challenge St. Poland. She won Ironman 70.3 Sunshine Coast last year, Geelong last year, Sunshine Coast the year before. But there's not much of a history of her. But she's 39. Yeah, she, so what's her history? Yeah, she's, well, I'm pretty sure she's based out of Australia. So she's on the PWAG team at the moment. Um, but yeah, she's done quite a bit of racing in Australia. So she is uh, Dutch. Whether she's sort of splitting her time between the two countries, that's about the extent of what I can tell. Um, but is that her first? That's her first Ironman win as yeah, well in terms yeah. of full distance. Uh, she, she raced a lot real really last year. Yeah. 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 She, 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 and yeah. Uh, yeah. Good she on got her. 12th in the Ironman World Championship. So she's, you know, she's up there. Hmm. Mm. Nice. Okay, John, that was pretty much the races. Um, let's look at what's happening this weekend. Obviously, one of the biggest races in the triathlon calendar, the Challenger Road, is happening this weekend. And this year, in particular, the female field is legendary. It is awesome. 
It's just, I wish it'd be really nice if just Lucy Charles is probably the one name missing that would really round out just a stellar female field. Uh, so we have both Anne Howe, Chelsea Sedaro, Laura Phillip, and Daniela Reef. You know, the four of the probably five or six biggest names in the sport. Uh, it should be fascinating because you don't know what's going to happen with Daniela Reef. She's, you know, up and down. Laura Phillip is just incredibly consistent. Chelsea Sedaro is uh, the current world champion. And Anne Haug has been just destroying it. We saw at the PTO race and uh, plenty of other races to boot as well. And yeah, I'm. Really looking forward to seeing what you're picking because, tracks. like, we look at what Daniela did a couple of weeks ago, she was back in sharp form. Uh, yeah. who are you picking? Uh, I'm gonna go for Anne Haug. She on Torsten's rating, she is predicted to come in and first, not by by too much. Uh, but I'm going with, with either Anne Haug or Daniela Reef. But uh, Anne Haug, she's her running has just been so good, she's really improved her biking a lot. And her swim, you know, none of these females really are electric swimmers. You know, Daniela Reef's probably the best out of the four of them. Um, but you probably have Fenella Langridge off the front a little bit. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's gonna be an awesome females race and, and definitely i think overshadows the boys race which is which is nice to see still uh, yeah, the really, boys race really isn't weak so let's boys. look at the boys no. uh magnus ditlev is a defending champion he won oh i've ruined my quiz question now bevan oh john we'll flag the quiz question the quiz question was magnus, who won last year <laughs> magnus ditlev uh he came off the bike last year with uh with Fredino and Fredino pulled out uh, fairly early in the run. Uh, but you've got Patrick Langer, who always has a pr- point to prove outside of Kona. Sam Laidlow, if he shows any of his Kona form, he's going to be awesome. Joe Skipper always races, almost always races well over here, along with Daniel Beckengard and Ben Knut's probably your your sort of wild card in there. Can't, you can't predict. Yeah, wouldn't think Sebastian Keenlay will be too much of a factor, but he's in there as well. Uh, so yeah, should be brilliant race, but. You'd, you'd say if you're a betting man, you'd probably go with uh, Magnus Ditlev, um, along with Sam Laidlaw, if he can recapture that cone of form. So you see um, Dawson's predicted times. He's got Patrick Langer predicted to run a 2.32 marathon. Wow. Now that's, that's a, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's you know, he hasn't done it, but jeepers creeps. I think he ran a 2.30 in, uh, in Ironman Israel last year. Or really? Year, that's last phenomenal, year? isn't yeah, it? So. That's uh, fresh, isn't it? Yeah, conditions are looking pretty warm. So whether or not they can go that fast, I would, I would doubt it. Because um, I know when they, they did go extremely quickly in Israel, uh, the conditions were pretty cool. So, and we also we've seen that at other races this year as well. The conditions is, are um, right; they can go significantly quicker. There is um one name missing, John Newsom. You know, you know, he's not there, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does not quite scroll down that far. Um, if I look at some of the, the, the pros at the back of the field, they've got the 29th and 30th uh, ranked athletes at yep. 856 and 859. 31st and 32nd are, are ranked at 947 and 957. Yep. What the hell are they doing in there? You've got this, Newson. You've got this. Okay, we've also got yeah. Ironman France happening as well. We have. Male only race. Yeah, no, Alistair Brownlee. Apparently, he yeah, he didn't race Austria last weekend, and he's not doing this. So it'll be interesting to see uh, his path ahead. But you know, there's not that many races left to qualify for World Champs. So he might be out. Uh, yeah. So 
Cameron Mignon's racing, Arthur Horso and Cameron Wirth probably wouldn't race because he raced last weekend. Uh, that's over in at Ironman Nice and Coeur d'Alene. Um, probably the names that I'm sort of looking for there. Chris Lieferman had a pretty good race um, a couple of weeks ago at Boulder 70.3, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do, along with Sam Long, who has been on fire uh, at the 70.3 distance. Um, on the female side, you've got Hayley Chura, Jen Arnett and Malin McQuaid. So yeah, when we get to this stage of the season you know the strength of the field and the females is three percent of the world championship field and the boys is only seven percent so good racing but not uh, necessarily the rock stars there Did you, were you just talking Coeur d'Alene there were you no Coeur d'Alene yep. yep yep okay so that's pretty much all the racing what's going to be happening in short course we see that Gwen Jorgensen had a pretty decent world cup race over the weekend yeah, she got second place, and and I wouldn't say we've been giving her grief on the show, just been calling it as we see it. Uh, she's just been racing woefully since she's had her comeback, but this is a World Cup race. It was a good field, um, and she finished in second place sprint distance um, and then was part of the American mixed team relay, so just nice to see that she's in, a, in the upward trajectory. Who knows what's going to happen from here? And one of the challenges with short course racing is uh, it's difficult to get starts when you haven't got a high ranking. Well, it's not difficult. You don't get starts unless you've got a high ranking. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where, where she goes to from here. This weekend, we've got the next round of the World Champ Series in Montreal. It's a sprint and a relay. Uh, the boys is wide open because there's no Alex G or Hayden Wild. Uh, it's a really good chance for others to, to shine. Uh, the female side, a bit like with Challenge Rote, is... Uh, a lot stronger than the boys. You've got George Taylor Brown back, uh, Beth Potter, Sophie Caldwell, and along with Taylor Nib and uh, Spivey. So females race should be the one to watch there. So going back to Gwen, if you're saying it's hard to get the points, how many points does a second place get you? Does that give you much of an opportunity or do you, how many performances like that do you need before you get in the points where you can turn up to the next level races? That's a question I don't know the answer to, Bevan. Um, okay. But... Yeah, no, it's it's stacked pretty heavily in terms of the World Championship Series events. So, um, yeah, just with, with, with everybody trying to qualify for the Olympics now, it's getting pretty cutthroat, and a lot of it will depend on who's already entered and roll downs and things like that. So, and she's, she's ranked a long way down the field in terms of the Americans, you know. She's, I don't know. There's, there's at least probably four or five in front of her, if not more. Uh, so, yeah, really difficult for her. Interesting stuff. Um, okay, uh, we're not going to do the quiz question because John gave it away. So uh, let's go. Do you want to do interviews first or do you want to do your race plan? Uh, we'll go into the interviews. So, yeah, I just um, be pretty slack as usual when we're away. He always goes away. Here's what happens. He, he leaves. He takes out a little <laughs> recording device. He goes, I've got to do lots of interviews this time. And then I get a text message the day before. I've got nothing done. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and Bevan, Bevan and I would usually record. It's, it's eight, it was 8.30 over here. And we were having dinner. And I managed to bang out three 10-minute interviews. Um, so thank you to the people that came on and saved my bacon. And I'm not going to make too many promises about what I'll get done the rest of this week or into our post-race. Post-race will really depend on what sort of state I'm in. So, yeah, we'll just do them back-to-back. -back. First up, we've got Kwok Kyungte from Malaysia. Then we've got Chris Apple from the States and Emmy Nix and Sanaa Cody. Okay, here they are right now. Right, we've got guest number two here. Uh, he's going to introduce himself in a moment. He's already been 
given the tag by a support crew as his nicest guy on the camp. Uh, so it's a nice tag to have. Uh, he's a very nice fellow. Uh, he's been uh, over to Kona with us before. Uh, so just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Chris. Yeah, no worries. I, uh, my name's Chris Apple. I uh, come from Indiana in the U.S. Um, yeah, I'm 58 years old. I, I am a, what do they call big unit? <laughs> big unit, yeah. <laughs> give, us, give us your stats. Yeah, I'm probably, I don't know if I can do kilograms. I think I'm about 110 kilograms, 240 pounds, and six foot two. So I, uh, I think when you ask on Facebook for people to recognize you, it's a picture. Yeah. I said, you'll notice me when I walk in. I'm yeah. not, not a small guy. So, yeah. And what, what does that mean for you? You know, if you th- put yourself in your shoes compared to say someone you know like a like me like a 70 kg sort of guy what what have you what do you think you have to go through that perhaps somebody like me doesn't quite understand um what i have to go through i probably think about things you know i think i keep it very personal for me Mm -hmm. you know i don't try to compare myself to other people um when i get out and ride my bike when i get out and run i know what my limitations are and i try to stay within them and, you know, at the end of the day, it's all for fun. Mm. You come out here to have fun. Yeah. You know, I think this is probably my third camp yeah. I've done with you. Um, I mean, there's a reason for that, right? Yeah. You do it because actually the probably the funnest thing I have is every night, uh, I don't know if you notice, but I sit at a different table. Yeah. I try to meet different people. Yeah. And, you know, I even told you in the beginning of the camp, I said one of my um, most amazing things is I, I have people that I call my friends in New Zealand and, and yeah. Australia yeah. and around the United States. And it's, it's just amazing to see the different cultures and, and blend in. And yeah, I'm not the fastest. I'll never be the fastest. I, I yeah. go fast downhill though, John. You did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. And, uh, no, we, I, we caught this, your group up and it looked like you were going up well today. Um, <laughs> but you were with a group where there was, uh, some small females in the group, and then uh, yourself. Mean, meaning half my size, yeah, right? Well, I'd say, <laughs> yeah, that, Linda pops up those hills pretty quickly, and then uh, you were just drilling them on the downhill. It was good to see. Um, so what prompted you to, to sign up for this camp? Well. And the race, obviously. Roth or Rote, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Um, I, it's kind of like I don't like to use bucket list because I'm I'm getting old and I want to save that for special things. But this is for the triathlon world for me. I've been doing it for uh, about 20 years. Mm-hmm. So when I think about <clears throat> the history um, and so forth, this is just one of those races that's always been there. And I've had, mm. uh, you know, so many people ask me about Germany. Have you ever went international and done races? I said, well, mm. if I ever go international, this is the race I'm going to do. Mm. Um when the opportunity comes up to do this with somebody like you, who I know has a very organized, it makes it really easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do races throughout the United States, usually about one Ironman a year. And I plan it all myself. Mm-hmm. I show up, I book my hotel, I book my condo, I buy my food, I cook my mm-hmm. food. And I usually am stressed up to about three days before the race. Yeah. And then I finally relax and I, I find it coming on something like this. It allows me to just kind of shut things down yeah. and chill out and just become part of the environment. I think that's important for somebody like me. I work a lot. Mm. I feel like I got a lot of other stresses in my life. So I feel like just taking all that stuff away makes my life 
Feel easy. And I'm with that, I expect to have a great day next yeah. Sunday. Excellent. So it's only today is Monday, so we're still six days out from the race, but you've seen the course. Um, what, are your, what are your impressions so far in terms of what you expected the course was going to be like versus what it is actually like? Well, I think it's pretty interesting because if the swim should be, I think, fairly predictable, mm. right? Yeah. Um, so far, what I've seen on the bike course, it's not overly challenging, but it's mm. good rolling hills. Mm-hmm. And somebody like me, a bigger guy, can take it easy up the hill and take mm-hmm. that momentum down the hill mm-hmm. and carry that into the next hill. Um, and then at the end of the day get off the bike and it's just going to be do what I can do. I'm going to do a walk jog. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be fast. Mm-hmm. I have no expectations other than finishing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, finish, I'll be happy. So that that's the, the, the game plan? You don't watch the clock or anything like that? It's purely a case of I'm just going from A to B? And, and how, how do you sort of pace yourself through the day? I don't watch the clock. I'm more, watch, <clears throat> I'm more concerned about my heart rate mm-hmm. and power going up hills. Yeah. And um, trying to sustain a reasonable amount of power through the flats and the downhills without pushing. Mm. I, as a bigger guy, it doesn't take much for me to get 160 yeah. heartbeat or be pushing 350 watts going up a hill. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for, for somebody like me, that's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. So my goal is to minimize the impact of the uphills yeah and take advantage of the downhills and momentum in the flats yeah and just ride very consistent and then on the run it's going to be you know i'm going to do a walk jog i'll go probably run four minutes walk a minute run four minutes and mm-hmm. i'll walk the aid stations and make sure i get lots of water as as you know me i've i yeah. I, I sweat a lot yeah and uh use a lot of salt yeah so i have a very uh, strict plan that i'll follow and i can't go over yeah. i i can just drink as much and do as much as I can to make sure when I get to the run, I'm in a good spot. And this is your first race outside of the States? It is. Cool. Very yeah. good. Yeah, I'm actually excited. I've I've thought about races to do, and, you know, maybe this will lead into some others. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I, um, when we were traveling and doing things, we wanted to make sure we'd seen everything in the United States before we started traveling internationally. And about 10 years ago, we started traveling internationally. So now I feel like, there's so many things to see. Mm. So maybe there's some more races that we want to do down the road. We'll see. Excellent. Uh, so you've obviously raced a lot in the States. Uh, recommendations, what's your, your top two races in the States? Well, I live in Indiana, so Ironman Louisville was always a, a race that we did. It was about 40 miles from my home, so it was easy and convenient. And Muncie is a 70.3. We do quite a bit. But my favorite races in the States is Lake Placid, mm-hmm. even though... It's hilly, and I'm a yeah. big guy. Yeah. It, it's it's a fantastic race, and the whole town um, absorbs the triathlon community, yeah. And, yeah. and it just feels good. Cool. And it's a very calm swim. Um, second to that would be probably Coeur d'Alene, yeah. which here again is not flat, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, a great, just a great race. And yeah. I think what I've found is that the communities that absorb the triathlon community when they come mm. in and say this is what we want this weekend is the mm. ones that i enjoy the most what, rather than the ones that resist yeah, yeah exactly nice. i mean the big city triathlons are challenging right yeah. from a lot of uh, logistics perspectives but i think the smaller towns you know everyone on the, the boards and the police and everybody's all mm. engaged and this brings a lot of money to mm. our community 
Um, the cities are a little more challenging. But, yeah, yeah those are my two. So we've had three days over here. Uh, have you got any particular highlights so far? Oh, wow. I mean, first is the people, of course. Mm. But second is I actually really enjoyed the ride today. There were a couple of really challenging hills for me. Yeah. But, you know, all in all, it was just a... It was just a great ride. I, I took my GoPro with me, and I'll hopefully post some videos for you guys. But yeah. I'm driving through towns, and I'm trying to video the yeah. town while I'm driving with one hand or riding with one hand on a bike. Um, yeah, just a beautiful. So, so today we did a point-to-point ride. It was from uh, from Hippelstein, which is basically where Challenge Road starts, a little village. And then we rode to Regensburg, which is a beautiful, beautiful uh City and yeah, there's a few challenges along the way, a few hills, some uh, a couple of my mapping, a few hills, a few hills. <laughs> there was um, eight classified hills, but there was definitely a lot more than that. Um, but yeah, a few little navigational challenges. We had to do a little bit of Parry Row Bay uh, across some cobbles. We even had a little bit of a shingle section, um, just trying to avoid dual carriageways and motorways and stuff. But no, it's been a pleasure to have you so far. We'll hopefully catch up with you post race. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming along to another camp. Yeah, thanks a lot. I love it. Cool. <clears throat> okay, we've got uh, Double Trouble here coming up now, and we've had a little bit of peer pressure to get uh, some of our, our upcoming guests on. Uh, so we'll do it. it's going to be a bit of a tag team effort here. Uh, they can introduce themselves. Um, so first guest is... Sanar Cody. From? San Antonio, Texas. And second And guest this is Emmy Nix uh, from San Antonio, Texas as well. Fantastic. Tell us about how you guys are sort of were training buddies. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how you became training buddies and how you ended up over here. So Emmy and I met uh, several years ago uh, doing triathlons in San Antonio. We were on the same local team. Uh, we became fast friends, uh, mm-hmm. fast on the bike and fast off of the bike. Good, good. <laughs> um, and um, I have been following the, the podcast and... Challenge Roads has been a on the bucket list for me, so I talked Emmy into coming to this camp with me. Mm-hmm. In 2021, right? Oh, God, how many years ago was it? What year were you supposed to come? This, this, this year's camp was supposed to happen in 2020. Obviously, COVID put it off 2020, put it off 2021. Put it off 2022, and now we're 2023. Right. Were you signed up for I the think original? We, uh, we signed up in 2022. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's been about a year and a half or so. Emmy, mm. tell us a little bit about your what try before triathlon. What was what was your sort of sporting background? Uh, I mainly came from a uh, running background. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to run just for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I started training with a team, uh, we found well, I found a coach, uh, l- local coach in San Antonio. That was uh, it, it, he still is a very great uh, running coach as well as a triathlon coach. Mm-hmm. So I started training with the group, uh, which is how we started running together at the track, mm-hmm. and then we started doing triathlons together. That was back in 2018 when I started getting into triathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then started getting more competitive about running. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point it wasn't just about running, uh, because I got injured and, uh, I had a, uh, 
plantar fasciitis and a multitude of things and so that became triathlon and mm. then um and then i started getting on the bike and then swimming uh at first i didn't know how to swim mm. that was in 2018 i started like blowing bubbles literally yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun to learn um yeah and then uh, so since then it's been all about triathlon and uh in 2022 that's when sana encouraged me to you know sign up for this and uh this happened before uh my qualification to kona in 2022 so how many how long did it take you to get to cut to cut, qualify for kona it took you what three or four years and what sort of progression was it has it been quite a linear progression or have you just sort of rocketed up really quickly I think it's been pretty linear. Uh, so in th- my first Ironman was in 2018. I did Boulder, mm-hmm. and that one w- uh, went really, really horrific. Uh, mm-hmm. It was I, I had no. Uh, M- Mark, our uh, local coach, was not my uh, coach for that yet. Yeah. So uh, so I basically just bought a uh, training plan from like Training Peaks, mm-hmm. and I just decided to follow that. And uh, I didn't have. I probably drank water in the <laughs> you know throughout the the run. It was yeah. it was horrible. Uh, then things changed, and then I started training more. Um, then at some point, I I decided to do another one, um, yeah. just because I, you know, it took me a while to get over the 2018 uh, <laughs> Ironman, yeah. uh, because I was just so uh, devastated. But then uh, at some point, I signed up again, and I was uh, I I started Ironman Arizona in 2021, crashed my bike uh, uh, in the race. Uh, in the race, uh, oh mile about 40, I believe, yeah. uh, I broke my hand, um, yeah. and then so I was out of the water. Uh, I was, yeah. you know, I couldn't swim for about maybe two months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I was only running. Uh, I was doing some cycling, but again, I can't, you know, get. I couldn't get on the on the bike for a while. Uh, so then I, I feel like that fitness that I gained from doing from training for Ironman Arizona actually carried over to my qualification race yeah. because by then I had been training for Ironman for about two years. Yeah. So uh, I think the fitness was there and uh, my goal time was 11.30 and mm-hmm. that race was 11.20. So that nice. was, yeah, it was, it was a really, really great day. One of those races that um, everything comes together perfectly yeah uh there was a few you know hiccups but it it was overall it just went so great that it was almost like a dream come true um and i you won your age group i won my age group and i got third overall nice again a very small race (laughs) ironman waco but yes it was great take it (laughs) um what do you do for for work uh, I'm an architect, mm-hmm. um, and I do space planning. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, a little birdie told me that you're very diligent with your training, and you don't miss any training sessions. I. Uh, how do you? How do you? How do you make it work for you in terms of fitting it in with work and with with life? How do you fit it all in? Uh, so. I am all about the greens and training peaks. So this week has been like crazy for me because I've been like getting oranges and reds and I'm not used to that. (laughs) But um, yes, typically I wake up at 3.30 on Tuesdays and 4.30 on a regular day. What do you do? Are you going outside? (laughs) Are you going on the trainer? Uh, Well, San Antonio is very hot. So we train at 5 a.m., uh, I, I I like that schedule. It yeah. works for me, and and I don't do anything after work. Uh, what time do you go to bed? What time? What, what time do you go to, b- to oh, sleep? Oh, to bed. Um, about eight yeah. <laughs> thirty. To nice. get my eight hours, because I'm yeah. also very diligent with sleep. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I try to be at least. Yeah. Yes. And what's a typical sort of week look like in terms of 
how much you're trying to fit in? Is it, you know, how many swims, bikes and runs and total volume? Uh, so I typically, when I'm, you know, training for Ironman, I do about three of each, uh, mm -hmm. three swims, Monday, Wednesday, and a Friday open water swim. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe, I, I think Monday is more my recovery day with just a swim. Yeah. But uh, mostly, m most days I have about two workouts a day. Yeah. Um, some, you know, some are very easy and only... I think I only do one hard run per mm -hmm. week, uh, which happens on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. uh, we do speed work on Tuesdays, and mm -hmm. uh, and most of the other stuff is easy, mm -hmm. uh, with uh, big riding on Saturday and then big runs on Sundays. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, and if there's one thing you've taken out of the last few days, one tip, what's it going to be? Uh, Something to do with the tracking device. Yes. <laughs> uh, air tags. Air tags are gone. <laughs> Buy your air tags and put them in your bike and any type of luggage that you have because yeah. that is what saved this trip. Yeah. Literally. Because yeah. we won't say the air, the airline, but. I um, slam them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very frustrating uh, few, so, so few Emi, days. Emmy's bike did not arrive. And the most frustrating thing is you can see where it is. So I will have talked about this earlier in the show about air tags and tips and stuff. But, yeah, we knew where Amy's bike was. The airline didn't know where it was. And thankfully we were able to resurrect uh, your bike and get you on. You did miss day one, which was really mm -hmm. unfortunate, but back in, back in the game. Um, Sanaa, uh, you've been a fantastic supporter the last few days. Unfortunately, you've got some injuries that are preventing you from doing things. But what was it about this race that made you want to actually come over here? Um, I am, I'm a little bit different in, in the way I train and race than Emmy. I sort of, um, I like to train, but for me to race, I like to go to a destination that mm. is fun that I haven't seen. Um, and that would be memorable. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's all about what destination do I want to go to and have that life experience. Mm -hmm. Um, this is one that I've heard so much about and, mm. um, I've been thinking about this for a couple of years. And so this, that's why I wanted to be here. Mm. And what have, you, what have your impressions been of the, the sort of course that you've seen so far compared to what you thought it might be like? Um, inc impressive, just absolutely mm. stunning roads, beautiful mm. scenery. Mm. Um, just uh, one of those courses I think any cyclist or triathlete should experience and mm. the conditions of the road are just impeccable, yeah. Yeah. just no. beautiful. I was talking to a couple of the other Kiwis before we had dinner and just saying it's going to be really hard for us to go home and ride <laughs> on our shitty roads again because it is just ridiculous how smooth the roads are. Um, Emmy, what are, you, what are your expectations and plans for the, for the race? You know, you've got Kona in October, so what's, um, what's your sort of race plan over here? Uh, well, I really came with uh, the plan of just having fun. Mm -hmm. um, but Hopefully we ticked that box so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just been so fun this week, but uh, I I really want to leave with great memories of the race, and mm. not not to say that if I go hard I won't have great memories, but um, but my competitive side won't let me just give up, uh, mm. and I just I, I just hope not to walk the run course. Mm -hmm. uh, my A race, of course, is Kona, and this was always my B race, so mm -hmm. I have to remember that I have to just you know I, I'm I'm ro rolling into training from here on mm. on. Uh, for the rest of the, the year. So um, I just really hope to have fun. And I don't think it'll be a PR race, but if it happens, then uh, that'll be great. What about Kona? You know, are you, uh, are you amazingly pumped for that? And I guess the weather conditions for you guys make Kona 
perhaps not quite as daunting as it is for, for us Kiwis and other people that come from cooler climates? <laughs> I think it's still very daunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, San Antonio, for this year at least, uh, we've had really cool weather. Uh, yeah. We've had some 60, high 60s, uh, low 70 degree weather like on Saturday mornings. Yeah. So I want to say that I've been, I've been cold most of the rides yeah. until about two weeks ago. And especially last week, we got our first heat wave yeah. and it was probably a hundred degrees out there while I was yeah. uh, riding and uh, and so it's ju- you just never can take enough to uh, to uh, f- for that type of weather yeah uh, awesome. and then of course running you know a marathon after that is uh, it's horrible there's, there's no shade <laughs> in Kona unfortunately <laughs> awesome ladies um, great to get you on it took a little bit of cajoling um, but thanks for coming on <laughs> and uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you guys after the race thank you <laughs> thank you Righto, we are live from uh, our Challenge Road Camp, Camp Kiakar. We're sitting at a hotel looking over the Danube. We've just had dinner, so there's a little bit of noise in the background, but it's all good. We've just finished uh, day three of our camp, and I finally got around to having a chat to a couple of people. And first up, tell us your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Tay, and I'm from uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Current, uh, your current Malaysian record holder for uh, Iron Distance. Yep, yep. Uh, we're, we're in a very fast country, so the, the record stands at uh, 9 hours 28 now. Uh, hoping to get it under 9 someday. Yeah. What's the, um, the scene like in Malaysia for, for triathlon? I know you said it, you know, um, maybe not uh, super duper fast, some people, but, but sort of what's the scene? Is there, is there much racing? Uh, there is. Uh, small at the moment, but I think it's, uh, it's been growing. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, in the future, it, sh- it should grow a bit more, actually. Yeah. What are the, obviously, the challenges of the heat? <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the key one, the heat. Um, the traffic and uh, finally really the cost. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, those are the three things. What's the supply of merchandise and stuff like? We all just go online and get things these days. But did you guys? Uh, is it challenging to get gear or not? Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, you can get all the gear you want, just that it's pricey because right. yeah, because the 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 local currency is not very strong against uh, against the US dollar or the major currencies. So so all the gear is available, just that it's pricey. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a bit about your background. You know, um, sort of try. You've had triathlon and then you sort of gone out and then you come back so tell us a bit about your background maybe before triathlon and then uh, and then went to where you are now yeah so before triathlon I started off as a runner um, so I ended up running for for high school and for the state and district back home did five thousands and thousand fives on the track uh, later on I saw Lance Armstrong winning seven tours and felt uh, <laughs> felt motivated to get into cycling so I started cycling then and then I thought well if I can cycle and I can bike Maybe give swimming a try too. I mean, I'm not good at any one of those sports, but maybe if I put all three together, I can be bad at three sports instead of one. So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I give it a go and here I am. But, uh, and tell us about the first part of your career because I think you, maybe you are in the UK when you were doing that and, and yeah, yep, what, what yep. sort of level did you get to? Uh, so I, I started seriously when I got into uni uh, and then uh, training a lot uh, in my first few years of uni. Then I went... I think I really took things up a little bit more when I went over to America for a year of um, uh, as, as an exchange student. So, so some really good training scenes over there with the local club. I uh, did a couple of 70.3s, uh, got my best time there at 70.3 Kansas, where I did a 4.15. Uh, haven't gone close to that ever since, so probably because I'm getting old. But, but yeah, I think that was sort of like the first part of, uh, of my career before I kind of started work and took a little bit of a break for a couple of years before coming back over the last five years or so. 
And what um, what made you sort of take that break, and then what what was the desire to get back into it? Uh, yeah, I think I think during that particular period it was just a bit challenging. Uh, um, what happened was I started work in, in Borneo, and I and I lost my father not not too long after that. So I think I think yeah, triathlon and things like that. At least the competitive part of it took a bit of uh, a bit of a backseat. So I still enjoyed the running, and, and I, mm. I, I didn't swim much or cycle much, but I still enjoyed the running, so I kept on running just to stay fit. But I think I, I put the competitive side of things uh, yeah, back, back in my mind for a couple of years. Yeah. And what, what made you want to get back into it? Uh, well, I went, when I started triathlon, I always wanted to... I mean, I was reading stories of uh, like you guys, Gordo, and I always thought that going under nine seems like... like uh, uh, something quite exciting and, and, and mm. something that, 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 that one can be really proud of. So I've, so I've always had that at the back of my head as, as a goal. Um, yeah, just that in a, cup, a couple of years when I took a break, I, I kind of left it behind and after a while, you know, you worked a couple of years and then it suddenly pops back in again and I thought, hey, might be a good time to, to give this sub thing another good go mm. before I get too old. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's obviously really challenging in your environment, you know, uh, you do quite a bit of training indoors and when you do go outside, you know, you're dealing with a really oppressive heat um, and it's just hard to go hard and so Tay recently did a, a marathon and you're like, in a, if you were to do a fresh marathon, you'd probably be 20 minutes quicker compared to what you'd be uh, in, in Malaysian conditions. Now we're over in Rote and it's, um, it's still pretty toasty to be honest, we've had some warm days. How are you sort of finding the, the change of conditions? Uh, it's pleasant, uh, I think um, doing the mornings is really pleasant. I think in the afternoon with the direct heat, you can still feel it. Uh, not as bad as back home, but, but yeah, you, you can still feel it, especially when it's in the high 20s, touching 30 or so, it's, mm. it's, it still gets pretty hot. But nothing a nice bath at every aid station <laughs> can't solve. And your impressions of the course so far? You know, you've uh, you've, done, you've only done one Ironman, but you've done quite a bit of seventy point three racing all different places. So we've so far we've biked the, the, the full bike course, or we've biked a lap of it. We've seen uh, we've seen pretty much all the run course. What are, what are your impressions versus what you've kind of heard about Challenge Road? Uh, I think before coming the road, I always heard it was a fast course, so I was thinking, oh, my, I mean, how how hilly can it can it be if it's uh, if it's fast, right? And you get over here and you realize actually it's, uh, it's a pretty tough course. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it looks can be deceiving. It's actually really hilly mm. uh, and you have to keep your, your feet really on, uh, on going full gas almost all day because it's technical, uh, it's hilly and in some parts uh, rather windy. Mm. So I must say uh, it's, uh, it's, it looks like a pretty, a pretty challenging course actually yeah. compared to what people think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you've got your wife over here as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> is this her first triathlon camp and, and how's she finding it? Uh, she's joined me for a few, I guess, tours around Malaysia during lockdown before. Um, so she, she's kind of used to the drill. Yeah. But I think obviously being in Europe makes it a bit nicer. Yeah, yeah. Just being away from home and you know, some, somewhere different with the cooler weather. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you were to tell people, you know, you've done quite a bit of racing in Asia. What are your favourite races in Asia and, and why are they your favourites? Uh, I think Cebu is really good. Uh, I do like Cebu. The swim is, is crystal clear. Really, really good swim. Uh, bike is uh, yeah, but like like with all Asian races, the bikes are a bit messy, but but also pretty pretty nice. Uh, and I think the best part about it really is the run. You've just got the whole city egging you on over the over the course. So so that was good. 
Uh, Danang is also pretty good. I, I did Dan Danang recently. I thought pretty well organized. Uh, you know, nice nice location for it by the beach. Uh, really hot run. <laughs> Same in Cebu also. Uh, so I think those are, are my two favourites, uh, but as usual, be prepared for the heat. So Cebu is pretty much just lined on the run course, is it? Yeah, yeah. So it I, I don't know how they do it, but they get the whole, I think the whole city or the whole village out to more or less line the run course. Yeah. There's always people shouting at you, giving you water and everything else. So the atmosphere was, was really good. Yeah. Uh, we've got Challenge Road. You've got uh, six, six days or so to, to go. Um, what worries you most about the race and what excites you the most? Uh, what worries me the most, uh, a puncture. Yeah. <laughs> but but hopefully with, with 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 so far with the road conditions that we see, you won't get any of that. And the second thing that wo that worries me the most are cramps. Yeah. So yeah, I think those are the those are the two things that that that, that kind of worries me the most. And what about exo what's exciting for you? Uh, Solar Hill. Yeah. That's I think that's pretty exciting. I think I think just the general atmosphere of the race and after hearing so much about it over the years kind of really kind of excites me actually mm. yeah awesome righty ho we might catch up with tay after the race and uh see if he's got an eight in front of his name or a, or a nine um <laughs> the goal is to try don't to put, get don't put so much pressure on me john <laughs> he's, he's starting in the same wave as me so i'm gonna have to have the eyes in the back of my head uh to see if he mows me down on the run but uh no we'll try to catch up with you post race and uh see if the expectations meet reality yeah. so thanks for coming on thanks thanks john thanks for the interview so before we get into your race plan, how you're going to win this race, um, how's, how's the camp going? Yeah, petrifying is going down. Um, yeah. No, the camp is going great. Uh, the weather, by and large, has been fantastic. So what we do on our first day over here, we go and basically ride a lap of the course. Um, we're staying on. We stay on the course. It's really easy to do that. Um, a couple of the athletes went and did the Roth Sea Triathlon, which was actually held on the Sunday, and they said it was a fantastic event. For the rest of us, we were going. What, what is that? Is it? Is it on the course? On uh, not not really no it's at that lake it's at the lake which is very close to where the where challenge road is had oh, cool. uh, but the bike course is similar terrain but it doesn't cover the same roads as um, and do many people do it oh yeah they've you know they, they was a little bit down this year it was like 700 or something in oh, the great. olympic distance but but it's normally two weeks before challenge this year it's only one and i suspect that's why they probably had a smaller turnout yeah. um, but they said it was an absolutely fantastic race and really loved it real good german racing and really well organized so if you're keen to do a race over here come and check it out but the camp so far has gone well we did uh yeah ran part of the course and on the sunday the second day had a little swim at the the, the root swimming pool which is a beautiful facility however it was about 30 degrees and it was absolutely heaving but the, the swimming pool was still quiet enough for us to swim a few laps and then today we have ridden from Hippelstein uh, to Regensburg which is about 110 kilometers um, we had a bit of everything we had a bit of uh, torrential rain at times which was pretty frustrating when your bike's in mint condition you've had it cleaned you've had it serviced everything's humming and then we went and rode through rain and <laughs> dirt all over our bikes so that was a bit annoying but other than that it's been uh, fantastic. So we start to wind down a bit from now. Tomorrow we go and ride 60 kilometres on the old um, Challenge Regensburg bike course, have a bit of a open water swim, head, head up to a place called Nuremberg, which is near Rote, and we used to go have a swim down at the race site and just uh, start to taper into the race. 
Wow. And how's everyone feeling about the race leading into it? How many people have done it before and how many people are new? Uh, we've probably got about four or five. We've got a group of around about 22, 23, I think it is, in terms of athletes who are going to be participating and maybe four or five have done the race before. A lot of the athletes have done camps, whether they be New Zealand-based camps, Kona-based camps. Um, but what's been interesting for a number of people, it's their first time racing in Europe. Um, so that's going to be really cool. And for some people on the camp, it's even their first time being in Europe. So that's even cooler. So uh, people are having a great time. Good wow. bunch. Really cool. good bunch. Okay, so let's break down your race plan. So you, you've done the race twice before? Or was it three times? Correct. I've been here three times, but race twice. Okay, so you know the race well. You you know you've had a really good performance here, and the other time was okay, wasn't it? And both have been pretty good. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, first time was years ago, uh, wasn't it? Two thousand eight, wasn't th- it? Two thousand seven, I think it was. Belinda, okay. correct me. Two thousand seven. I yep, think it was eight because it was so it was two thousand and eight. Yeah, it was two thousand eight because it was my last race I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so did I think I did 8.51 then. And then uh, in 2017, I uh, had a pretty good day there. And that was about 8.54, I think, from memory. So good good performances, but I have not had a complete swim, bike, run, which is hopefully what we'll get on Sunday. Okay. So what's your plan? Break it down. So, yeah, I, I have a document that I send out all my athletes and sort of just you work your way through things. So I'll hum through this reasonably quickly. But the first thing on the document that I have is sort of goals for the race um, and an A, B and a C goal. And my A goal is sort of really to stick to my zones and limits, which sounds really obvious, but uh, sometimes harder to do when you're in the heat of the moment and you're trying to sort of chase a fairly quick time. So that's my number one goal. Uh, number two is to be strong in the final 10Ks, um, which I've, you know, in all my Ironmans that I've done, I've probably yet to nail that last 10Ks in a way that I really want to. So that's my second goal. And the third one is to try to keep relaxed in terms of relaxing my mind as much as possible when I can, take in the atmosphere and uh, the mental strength for, for later on in the run. Uh, the other things that I go through in this document is the day before. You know, Normally I do a little swim bike run um, for Challenge Rope. We have some logistical challenges that don't really make that possible. So all I do is a bike to T1, which is around about 25 to 30 K. So that's my sort of easy workout for that day. And uh, planning the dinner is really important. So I go for pretty plain food. It'll just be chicken, pasta, and some vegetables. And then we sort of move on to race day. My breakfast is going to be two M's bars. So they're just sort of muesli bars. I think it's around about 60 grams of carbohydrate in each of those. A serve of you can. And then sort of as we're leading into the race, um, it's all about sort of killing time, trying to stay off the feet, um, trying to relax as much as possible and not sort of be that guy that's just totally in the zone as soon as you turn up to the race site you just I feel like you just if you do that you're wasting a lot of mental energy that you can be using later on so I certainly wouldn't say I'm around jumping around yahooing it's about getting off your feet trying to stay chilled visualizing the race from time to time but really focusing on switching on and then off so if I'm visualizing I want to focus on that pretty hard when I'm not doing that, it's just like chilling out, um, watching the crowd and just enjoying the atmosphere. Over here, there's not really much of a chance to warm up. Um, so I do a little jog as required 
do some hip opening exercises and we can't really get in the water to do much of a swim so it's um, just a case of doing some upper body arm circles and then uh, the, the tiny little warm-up you get when you're allowed to jump in the water. What, um, what would you say you know, if you've ever achieved your 10k at the end what does it look like if you get it right? Uh, it's it's quite a yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily about chasing a particular pace. It's just about trying to probably not have much of a fade, you know. So I, I still expect there'll be some fade, but it's a matter of just holding holding things together as well as possible, having got nutrition as close to 100% as possible. So your nutritionally is not letting you down. And just I've, I've always haven't had a problem sort of pushing really hard, but it's just getting to that point in the race where you're feeling like you are really running rather than just hanging on by you know by by a thread so uh so that might mean this time is just it's being slightly more conservative um and just yeah just really want to be running strong running with good posture and hopefully passing a shitload of people well it's because this is a fine line because you know you also don't want to get to the finish time of anything in the tank so it's a mm. you know it's a fine line isn't it it is, and it's probably that thirty to forty k mark. That's where you know, hanging on for dear life in the last two k's can handle yeah. that. It's probably yeah. that thirty to forty k mark that I'm really, really uh, want to try to nail. So, but first up, we've got the swim, um, and then I've, you know, in terms of the spreadsheet that I send out to the athletes, firstly thinking about the start position. So for this race, it's a canal swim. It's only a, a sort of a one lapper, uh, and the start position that I'll take is probably on the inside, and that's determined by sort of the strength of fields so i'm going to be starting with a group that's sort of the sub nine hour athletes so the, if i was starting with faster swimmers i might change my position a little bit but i'm going to start where i suspect all the faster swimmers will hopefully be which will be on the inside and uh and then just crack into it i have planned intensity at the start um this is my strategy is going to be quite different to what I might give to just you know regular age groupers who are maybe middle of the packers. I'm really focused on getting out pretty strongly. I don't want to miss a potential free ride in the swim. Uh, so I'll be getting out pretty hard in the first 200 meters and then really just buttoning right off and just kind of accepting where I'm at um, and only bridging big gaps if I really feel like there's a, a need to do it. And that need would be if you're between groups and if I know that the group behind is going to be significantly slower, then I might put a little surge in. But yeah, for me, it's all about getting out hard in the first two to 400 metres and then just buttoning right off and, and chilling out. Um, the other things that I have in the plan is technique tips. Um, and so for me, keeping my head down, um, breathing early, so I'm not, um, not sort of having too much of a pause in my stroke. I always ask athletes to have halfway tips um, and that often involves flexing your feet forward and back to try to mitigate um, cramping in your calves because you're, if you're in that sort of prone position for, for an hour, a really high risk of getting cramped in your calves. So at all the turn points, feet go forward and back and at halfway, I'll also be assessing the situation. You know, if I've potentially swum a little bit too hard, I'll be kind of be looking behind me to see if there's any groups I can sort of drift back to and, and have a little bit of an easier ride in the second group or second half of the swim yep uh, then thinking about the swim exit keeping calm keeping the heart rate down and then i have a couple of other boxes about any concerns um, you might have in the swim and how you counter those situations and for me the big concern is being in no man's land um, and if that happens i kind of just accept it settle into a, and you know the appropriate effort and just um 
you know, it's a bit, a bit kind of sucks, but it'll probably mean, you know, this one will be one to two minutes slower than if I was able to get into a really group, good group. Hopefully you, that won't be a case. And I'll... If you get to that place, do you, you see a group, group in front of you, do you, do you burn some matches to try catch up or you just let it go? If it's if it if it doesn't look like they're pulling away, if it was kind of like a stagnant gap, you know, if I was swimming along at my effort and yeah. you're looking ahead and you're going, well, there's a 15 meter gap there, and you sort of go, I'll just keep it steady for a moment, and then if that gap stays the same, then I might consider to to surge up. Um, yeah, but 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 I'll also be looking at what's happening in behind as well. So kind of be look ahead, look behind, and then make some decisions. And yeah, not burning too many matches in the swim, but. You know, the difference can be if you if I miss the optimal group between and, and versus swing by myself, I, I suspect that'll be a one to two minute difference. So, uh, yeah, bit of a fine line. Yep. Okay. So you get out of there. Good transition. Good transition. Main things with transition for me is um, is that bike mounting. We don't we don't want to do the Peter Reed that was actually at Challenge Rote, um, and we've probably talked about this in the past. But he tried to get on his bike about four times, and um, he literally put his ass on his back wheel because he couldn't get his leg over his uh, his two bottles so yeah got to be really care- careful of the mounting and then as I sort of work through the bike in terms of the plan I have a heart rate um, and a pacing plan for the first 10ks and then I have sort of strategies for for each quarter afterwards and um, yeah heart rate is critical for me especially given it's probably going to be pretty hot um, so I have a heart rate uh, average that I'm looking for, which is around about 135 beats or lower. And then I have a maximum heart rate of 150 that I don't want to be crossing. So I have power numbers that I am looking at and you know, I'm hoping to be averaging around the 235 watts. Uh, and that's, but that's only if the heart rate's in the right place. So that stays pretty consistent all the way through. And then some of the other strategies that I've gotten here is um, yeah, just around climbing so there's a couple of long climbs in the course and changing my positions around um, when I'm doing those climbs we've also got some technique tips in here um, you know in terms of uh, the, the key sort of mantras I look for is you know smooth pedal strokes keeping my hips square and keeping my core engaged and then I kind of just break the, the race into quarters and uh, just focus on each quarter at a time nice okay and then, uh, and then nutrition uh, have one serve of you can four bottles of infinite that each have 90 grams of carbs and plant contains plenty of sodium sort of work my th- way through an M's bar and then just take on water as required and then I have a box about the concerns that might happen on the bike um, obviously mechanicals and I think everybody has those concerns and there's only so much you can do to mitigate those drafting it's going to be a little bit different this race because I'm not starting with the pros so that I may deal with a little more traffic and just got to be mindful of that um, but my main fear is not having anybody to ride with and it's, I wouldn't say it's necessary I don't stress out about it but it would be nice to have some company on the bike for a change uh, just to make it mentally a little bit easier it is easier isn't it if you've got someone there like it's mm. definitely easier yeah, I mean, it's not not so much for the, the draft effect, although that is a case. You know, if you're sitting at 12 metres, you are going to get, um, you know, some some draft assistance, but it's more about having some group uh, group to sort of work with and share the load on the front and just so you're not having to focus all the way through. So fingers crossed that um, that happens. Next box I have is, uh, is transition two, pretty straightforward. Main things I need to remember is this time around, don't have to worry about uh, taking off the 
the swim skin that I've left on all the way through the bike, but I do have to remember to take off my aero socks that I'm wearing, uh, keep it smooth and fast. And the run is pretty similar to the to the bike. I kind of break it into, into quarters. I have uh, a maximum heart rate that I'll allow, which is kind of around about the 150 beats. That's only for the first half. After that, kind of whatever it is is, is fine. Uh, and I'm sort of looking for an average heart rate not to exceed 145 beats per minute. I run to pace uh, and I'll be running to a three hour to 305 schedule um, depending on the conditions may adjust that a little bit as we go along and it's just a case of doing my run walk run 3ks walk 45 seconds and then yeah, I've got different strategies for, for each quarter of the um, each quarter of the race um, my technique tips thinking about posture thinking about knee drive thinking about cadence and then as far as my nutrition plan I go for start off with two you can gels um, and I take in a gel every 7ks so 7 14 21 and so on after I've had those two you can gels then I settle into a different brand pure uh, and then it becomes uh, bit of coke towards the end but but mainly um mainly gels Oops. that's pretty much it bevan that's pretty much it you know a few concerns i've got a few little potential little niggles um but i just try to recall all the good workouts um keep up all my sort of preparation work beforehand and if disaster strikes um you know, i might need to stop and have a couple of little stretches but uh fingers crossed that won't uh that won't happen <clears throat> we had a quick pause here because our, our Zoom ran out of time because we're cheap. But um, anything else to add to that, John? No, basically the bottom line is uh, I want to enjoy the race and I'd like to have an eight in front of my time. If it's not an eight, I'm not, it's not going to be uh, the end of the world, but that's sort of the, the target. Okay, well, good luck on the race day. We'll, we'll be watching with interest and uh, hopefully you're lying on that bench like you were last time where you couldn't talk for five hours and you've given it all on the race day. Hopefully, I can pump out a few interviews after the race. We'll see how we go. Well, based on um, you're talking a big game. It's, it's, historically, it's just not anything. <laughs> don't, guys, don't expect anything from John Post race. But if you if if you can get the fourth discipline done, the fourth discipline is the interviews post race. Crikey, we're, okay, well, no, that's the fourth discipline. Is it right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a challenge. The fourth discipline. Okay. Uh, Jombo, we won't worry about uh, Winger of the Week, uh, but anything. Okay, let's just wrap things up. So, first of all, let's say thank you to our patrons. A couple of the, the rest of these are all on the camp as well. So, Chris, the Combustor Apple, who you heard from earlier on. Uh, we've got Dr. Feelgood, Dave Dwan. And Iona Snow Tripper McKenzie. So if you do want to support the show, go www.iamtalk.me. You become a patron by going through the process. Just go to the front page. It's all pretty obvious. Uh, and for those who are patrons, thank you very much. We often get emails from people saying, I, I need to get around to doing it. If you are that person, get around to doing it because it really supports us and what we're doing. If you want to check out one of John's Epic Camps, like he's doing right now, you can go to epiccamp.com. Or if you want some coaching, coachjohnnewson.com. Anything I do, bevanjamesisles.com. And any content, you can send it to iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com. So what are you going to do for the rest of the week then? Well, Bevan, it's 9.42, so I'm going to go to sleep shortly. Uh, we're yep. slowly easing into European time. First night was, I think it was 2.30 or 3.30 in the mm. morning, and then we managed to get to 4-ish, and then we got to 5-ish. So we're sort of working our way in the right direction. Uh, so no, just looking forward to another, hopefully another sunny day tomorrow. And yeah, just the countdown is on. You have what about you, Bevan? What's happening in your world? Training-wise, are there any big days, or is it pretty light now? 
reasonably light now. Yeah, tomorrow's 60k ride, a uh, little tourist run around Regensburg and a little swim at the pool. Following day, we have an open water, decent open water swim and a little run. And then by that stage, then it's Thursday and we're sort of uh, easing off into the race. So we've had, we had some pretty decent days already and um, yeah, getting used to the heat. It's great. What about you, Bevan? What's happening in your world? Well, my bloody back's gone. It's not good. So I'm, I'm, my life's, yeah, I'm just having one of those years of injuries. So I'm literally just going to the, again, a scan this week. So that's kind of, I'm, I'm on ACC, John. So mm. I'm, I'm living the dream on ACC. And what else? Oh, the band played on Saturday night. That was quite cool. We haven't played in a while. The band's back together. People are asking about the band. But well, it hasn't, hasn't, really, come, hasn't really gone apart, but we just haven't been playing much recently. But we played again live on Saturday night, and it was heaps of fun. And then you know, I'm, I'm just keeping the economy going back in New Zealand, mate. There's nothing that exciting happening. You know, I'm doing my bit, you know. Excellent. Excellent. Right, let's wrap it up, Jobbo. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha.